the explosive new film, Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost, exposes secrets behind the government's takedown of General Michael Flynn. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. He told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. They had to get rid of Flynn. Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to SalemNow.com. SalemNow.com. Welcome to On the Record with Tiffany and Kevin, powered by Texas Kidney Foundation, where we are unapologetically patient first and building coalitions with others to address kidney health for all. And we're back with another episode of On the Record with Tiffany and Kevin here on 930 AM The Answer. Home of Conservative Talk Radio. And I'm here with Kevin. Shackled again. No, I'm just kidding. Uh, <laughs> and we have, uh, we have our guests, our, our, our awesome special guest, Reginald Broadman Ballard. Uh, from one the of the flow. One of the best <laughs> kidney advocates in the country. Man, y'all, are, y'all are a nice looking couple, man. You know, I'm y'all trying, like man. I'm trying to do my look here. Like Claire, Claire Cliff, man. <laughs> <laughs> Why you always want to mess with me like that? You know, uh-uh. Y'all double, man. Y'all double, man. Y'all look like y'all highly educated and, and, and look like y'all smell good. Look like y'all smell like y'all just got out the tub. He smells very good. He smells very good. <laughs> Kevin probably sitting in his drawers though probably right now you know <laughs> while we off the subject right we used to do Zoom meetings uh, initially we started doing them I'd walk around with shorts right I'd have shorts on and, and the suit from, from the, the, suit from the waist up he was in the suit yeah, and tie yeah, I was yeah, like and I would raise my desk up high right about right. right here for all my yeah, meetings that's how I was <laughs> if the world that, only we all done that we all done that you don't want me to stand up right now <laughs> uh, Hey, so I gotta go my hair. <laughs> busy week last week, right? So Tiffany was doing a lot in terms of uh, she gets out and she meets with the politicians and the policymakers. So we have a lot of that. But I know you had a lot. You were busy last week. I think you. I think you. You and I. You texted me. You were like in Oklahoma, right? Looking for uh, yeah, looking for sandwiches, I was right? Working with uh, I was working with Mister Tom Brown. Remember. Uh, 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 funkin' for Jamaica. Yes. Yeah, and, and, and thighs high to the sky. I was working with him last week, man. Wow. <laughs> Tell us about it. He's still blowing that horn, man. He's still blowing that horn, man. Sound good, too. So what are you doing? What are, what are uh, you doing working with him? What's your yeah, yeah, initiative? you know, working with him still. I'm still on the road. You know, matter of fact, I have to leave tomorrow. I'm doing a play tomorrow in um in um uh, Milwaukee, Wisconsin. Man, doing the play. Well, I'm doing the play Saturday, but I'm leaving out tomorrow. We rehearse tomorrow, and um, then we do the play Saturday. So, yes. Yeah, so still, wow. you know, I told you guys a month ago. I did a horror film, man. I, I think that's going to be real cool. It might be released around Halloween. I saw the reviews are really good on it. When you should, I saw yeah. the link and the reviews are really good on it. So who started? Yeah, that yeah, 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 yeah. It's called uh, Supermoon. Super. So, so and, tell and us a little bit about Supermoon. Super it's based on actual events. Matter of fact, it's about this um, woman back in the early 1900s, Marjorie Taylor. And um, wait a minute, Marjorie um, Taylor from. Uh, a representative Marjorie Taylor, or like a no, 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 no. This is the black woman, right? Oh, okay. Just clarifying. A little bit different. Yeah, yeah, a whole lot different. <laughs> you know, because uh, she was uh, uh, abducted by uh, the Klan, and she was pregnant. That they tied her up and and cut a baby out and pulled forward oh uh, gallons of gasoline on and set her on fire, and uh, shot the baby in the street. You know, and uh, so now. Uh, you remember? You, you remember back in the day, you used to have to say, "Get you remember, get in the mirror and say, Bloody Mary, Bloody Mary, Bloody Mary,' like ten times." And yes. Bloody Mary, you know. So this is kind of like that, you know. People get in the, and, and and say her name and go do these little chants, man, and she comes back. So you know the the events happen, but you know the other stuff is kind of you know the supernatural stuff, man. And um, me and uh, Kim Coles play husband and wife, and we 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 in this we have this mystic shop. So the people coming in try to get information from us and, you know, about, because we know about all these, uh, uh, you know, spells and stuff. So it's pretty cool, man. It's pretty cool. I I, I, used to see a whole different side of me in this one. 
Wow. Well, I want all of our our listeners to tune in because that one you're a legend, and then you add in another legend with Kim Coles. Goodness. Yeah, yeah. You know it's going to be good. <laughs> oh, it's going to be real good, man. Kim, she did a good job. It's going to be, you know, they have a lot of uh, up-and-coming new actors. That's, um, I think they did a real good job. And I think, you know, hopefully um, you'll see it in theaters, you know. If not, you know, we have to go to Tubi. <laughs> nah, but I think this is gonna be a good one. This is gonna be a real good one, you know. So a good, good director. As a matter of fact, a female director. Um, uh, she, she, she's pretty good too. So, new well, I can't wait to see a it. Black film filmmaker. Yeah, awesome, yeah. awesome. Yeah, and that guy's great. Tiffany, you were busy last week. Uh, well, we were busy, right? So, what were some of the things that you, that you were doing as well? So, Reggie's um, making movies. What are you doing? <laughs> Nothing. Doing no. stuff. Stuff. I'm not making movies, but we went. Uh, TKF had our own. You know, one of the things that we do is we provide access to our to care to our mm-hmm. people. But we also have to provide uh, an avenue for us to speak to lawmakers and to um, to the National Institute of Health. We typically, you know, this is an industry. Kidney <laughs> disease, and I say this often, it's an industry. And by that I mean uh, there is... There's money a, being made. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And so what you find often is that advocates are a part of the industry. So they work for some part of the industry. Mm-hmm. Um, and because of that, often uh, the organizations that they're with mm-hmm. are, you know, heavily saturated with industry insiders. Mm-hmm. So the board is is uh, a part of industry. The the advocates within the organization are a part of industry. And that means that people like us who are not a part of industry, who are just straight up advocates, mm-hmm. we don't have any dog in this fight except our family members, <laughs> you know, <That's> <laughs> and, and people's health, getting people's health better. So we have right. different agendas. Mm-hmm. Um, and industry tends to protect the industry. So we don't mm-hmm. we don't get invited to kidney day at the Capitol, kidney day at this. We don't get invited to all of those things. So we decided, you know what? They won't give us a seat at the table. We're going to create our own table. So we created our own kidney week. That's right. That's like, hey, like putting up a chair to the buffet. That's right. There you go. So <laughs> that's right. We, <laughs> we did exactly yeah. that. And we went <clears throat> day one uh, on Monday. We talked to the National Institute of Health. We talked mm-hmm. to one of the leads there, Dr. Rob Starr, and just had a really candid conversation about uh, early detection because right now there's a, a hot debate and there has been uh, over the efficacy of early detection. Is it Will people even, um, will it benefit people any? Well, I, I think the, that question right there is, is kind of a, what's the word, a crap question because it's not will yeah. it benefit, it's is it financial? Does it produce enough? Fi- is it financially feasible? Right. And it is mm-hmm. right to do the early detection because now we have medications that can be given to people who are in high risk groups to reduce their, their chances of going into chronic kidney disease. Right. And that's right. to say if it only impacted a third of the people. Right. That's a third less people whose kidneys go into failure. That's yeah. a third right. less people who experience amputations because the drugs that you would give someone that would have an impact on saving their kidneys would also have an impact on slowing down the progression of diabetes, which yes. would reduce the number of people who are who have who get ampu- who get their limbs amputated. And like here in San Antonio, that's a huge issue. It's so, a huge issue. Yeah. We're we're one of the leading amputation spots. 
it's great to be a, a leader, but we don't want to lead in amputation. Yeah, and that's what we're leading right, in right, right now. Yeah, but I want you to talk about the importance of being being able, Tiffany, to advocate from a patient perspective, not just a oh, pa- yes. not just someone who's advocating for industry who just happens to be a patient. Yeah, talk about but, that because there's a big difference. Like right now, you, you'll find when you start talking to people. Yes, this is a patient advocate. They've received a kidney transplant, but they've been a, a, a dialysis nurse for 30 years or a, or working for a, um, a diagnostics company or et cetera, and, or working for a university in their, their, uh, in their nephrology department, developing, developing a drug, working in a lab. Well, those things, are, those things are all fine. Okay, but but because this is an industry, there is such a thing in healthcare that we discuss often, and documentaries have been done on, called indoctrination. People are indoctrinated into this system, and their the entire attitude towards patients is completely different. You here's an example: when we're talking to people who are in part of that system, it's always one hundred percent of the time. The patient's fault. Mm-hmm. What's wrong? Why is there so much kidney disease? It's these patients. They just don't care. Hey, if they would be yeah. compliant, we it'd be fine. Nobody talks about that the disease is seen in stages one, two, and three A, and not diagnosed until three B. That might have something to do with it too, right? Mm-hmm. But yeah. it's it's not. But because this is an industry. We've gone on for 40 years, 50 years, 60 years with the same thing, with that being the case and nobody trying to change it. So that's why it's important. no sincere effort to change. But that's why it's important to have someone who is advocating. It's like I always say when people go, uh, I always say that person just happens to be a patient. They're not pro patient. Right. And by that, what I mean is they're not arguing from the viewpoint or presenting or advocating from the viewpoint of the patient. Like we need the medications like it used to be. They only cover the medications for three years. And after mm-hmm. that, you're on your own. And what's the, a prime example of that? An evidenced example of of the failure of of uh, what's happening in terms of the indoctrination into the system and, and the advocates being largely controlled by the by the system is the the lack of ad, of adoption of the aces and arms aces and arms they thought aces and arms were going to change everything it's a it's a medication for classifications of medications for for blood pressure they thought it was going to change everything it's aces and arms have been out for for, for a couple of decades now it's four decades they've been out for four decades yeah but and less we, than fifty percent of the people who would qualify for them actually receive the medication. So that tells you right there. There's a, a major. There's some communication problems here that are not being addressed. And I can tell you as a as a a you know ninety nine forty four patient advocate that when we go rolling up out there and I'm talking to these uh, doctors and these other other uh, quote-unquote advocates, it's always, well, we don't want to upset people. All of a sudden, everybody becomes altruistic and uh, they care so much about keeping you, keeping you emotionally sound. <laughs> you know? And I'm like, so, so you can tank my health by not giving me information so why? but I'll be happy while you do it okay that's that's what the goal is okay. I guess so I don't we're know. not in the car yeah <laughs> sorry we're not in the car okay so why is yeah. it important so you get you get our mindset right so why is it important for you to pre- present to, to people like dr star to present to uh, policymakers why is that important from the perspective that we have from a patient perspective because when I first came in here I thought they're just doing black people wrong man they're, no, they're doing everybody everybody wrong everybody in, in yeah. the sense and by wrong I mean not not giving them the full scope, not telling them, hey, this lab work that you have is bad. If you keep it up at this rate, your kidney is going to be you're going to be on dialysis in the next five years and talking through the consequences of that. And then also just making the drugs available and not doing the okie oak. And by the okie oak, I mean doing the, down, the okie oak doing the downplay of uh, uh, downplaying the significance of that. 
right? And so for, for me, that's important for us to participate in these things and talk about uh, the and present to and present to policymakers, hey, this is why this is important. This is the impact that it's gonna have not only on us, but it's gonna it's gonna have an impact on you and the people that you care about. Because I'm surprised at the number of people when you get to talking to them about what we do, they're like, Oh yeah, I had so and so who has who has kidney disease or so and so is a diabetic and the doctor was telling them their kidneys are gonna blow out. And just and that is, that's upsetting to me because there's medications that we have that can have an impact on people. And they're just simply either the, uh, I don't know why on the prescription rate, right? It's always a dollar and cents thing. And I know I'm about to get political here. When it comes to Americans, doesn't matter who you are, what color you are, et cetera. When it comes to Americans, we always start calculating dollars. Well, is there really enough financial uh, gain from this if we give you this medication versus the current medication? But if it's non-American activities, unlimited budget. Right. There's an unlimited budget for it when, yes, to answer the question, there is an economic gain uh, from it. But why does it have to be an economic proposal when Americans are involved? And then when non-Americans are talking other issues outside of our country, it's unlimited. We we, will sacrifice whatever instead of being able to take care and provide the care that we have here. And this is the same argument I have with all policymakers is that we have the medications, we have the processes and procedures that can help. Well, here's the problem. Like I said, it's an industry. And we're talking about there's one hundred and twenty billion dollars a year being generated in this industry. That's conservative. Yeah. One hundred and twenty billion dollars. So. Uh, a lot of people are incentivized, the phrase that, that keeps being used. We have to incentivize the doctors to actually want to give good care. <laughs> like, okay, we have to incentivize the doctors so that they will want to write these prescriptions. That That's literally well, what they, we've been, they, been they told want to write. They, they, they write over and over again. Right. It's almost like the assembly line. You know, you go to doctors now, you know, I mean, it's what, five minutes and you in and out. You know, once you spend the time in the waiting room, about an hour in the waiting room, you get in to see the doctor, five minutes, man. It's like, okay, this, 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 okay, I will see you next time. And, you know, we don't ask the questions that we're supposed to ask. We don't, you yeah. know, get you don't get it. You don't have time to, you know, exactly. but, but see, I don't think that it's, that that's a true statement. We have to incentivize the doctors to give good care. I talk to doctors all the time who want who who want to give good care, who do give good care. We've got some systemic issues here. Like this is a a prime example of a systemic problem having the disease bifurcated. We see it in That's stages. Where was bifurcated mean to divided, divided. <laughs> we see it in stages one, two, and three a. You don't know act. I like. It. <laughs> Shut up. We see it in stages one, two, and three a. And doctors are being told and practitioners are being told to monitor it. That's that's the that's best practices. So. You know, when you're told to monitor something, they're also trying to deal with all the other comorbidities that a person may have. Maybe they have diabetes, hypertension, cardiovascular disease, obesity. We know those are the four leading uh, causes for kidney disease. So if they're trying to manage up and manage those things, uh, then when we talk to doctors, what we're hearing is, hey, in stage one and two, you've got plenty of good kidney function. So... You know, I'm. You know, the doctors are saying I'm. I'm. I'm paying attention to those uh, those things that are leading to this. I'm. Yeah. I'm looking at that stuff, and that's what what I'm doing. So I hear that they they're trying to do what they should be doing. They're doing it. What they need is better direction and protocols. There's no protocol for kidney disease. We all know this. And that's something you, our brains, it's, it's hard. For, it was hard for my brain to wrap around that there's not a protocol uh, in hospitals and clinics for kidney disease. It, that, that it's, protocol, people, it's protocol after the fact. After, after the, the fact. fact after, after, oh, after you, you know, you have to go on dialysis. Then there's, there's protocol from that point on. Mm-hmm. But before so you get to that point, no protocol. It's, it's like from the, the point that you have to sit in that chair to 
getting the transplant. It's all protocol. Then that's when you got the mm-hmm. antidepressant. All that stuff right there is the protocol after the fact. Reggie, talk about that. How does that, you know, the, the feeling that comes with that? When you're looking at your numbers, right? I would imagine that there's a feeling of, yeah, I kind of got myself into this, yeah, but was yeah. there anything that I could have been told or could have been informed of or known something, yeah. what to look out for? Kind of walk through that process. That- yeah, you know, uh, a, you know, a, doc, a doctor would, like in my situation, you know, a doctor like um, um, almost told me that like in passion. You know how you tell somebody, yeah, man, you know, I seen your mother the other day, man. She was walking across the street, man. The car almost hit her, blah, blah, blah. You know, and not knowing, not telling you that your mother probably have dementia and he's supposed to be walking down the street or something. It's like in passing things. So it's almost like, you know, the yeah, uh, uh, your numbers, yeah, your numbers, um, you know, it's a little high, you know. But uh, anyway, what you need to do is um, make sure you come back, you know, uh, in a month and uh, we're going to start you on this medication, blah, blah, blah. You know, so it don't they don't really sit down and say, "Hey, look, this is what's going on with your body. You need your kidneys. You know, I see leakage here, or I see such and so there, and you know, it's some like an, it's an passion thing. You know, so that's kind of the doctor that I had at the time. So um, I believe if I w- if it was stressed to me a little bit more, you know, because it, it, it's like my people, man. Well, we do, you know. For I hate to say, but black people, we do. It's like you go to the doctor, and doctor say, hey, man, this is good, this is good. You know, hey, your blood pressure good today. Your blood pressure real good. You know, but you got to get your sugar right, your sugar kind of high, blah, blah, blah. What we're hearing is that my blood pressure good. So that means I could go get me some Popeyes now. You know, so we'll go out and go, not, 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 not even knowing the other diabetes and stuff even told you about it. But my, 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 my pressure high, man, my pressure was good, man. Shoot, I should go get me this. I can, I can snack on this hill. You know, I give you a little Popeyes now. You know, instead of taking the whole thing in perspective and say, okay, look, across the board, you want everything to be right across the board. And that's the, that's the thing. They might tell you one thing is bad, but this is good, this is good, this is good. So now you're thinking, okay, I'm good because I got more good diagnosis than I have bad diagnosis. And then you start going out and doing the stuff that's going to make everything else start getting bad, too. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> so now, now the next time you come, your blood pressure going to be high. Your sugar going to be high. Your, your, your creatinine going to be high. Now it's like everything across the board now is bad. So, you know, that that's I think if, 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 if they sit down and, and look, this is what you have to do. Listen, like you like to say, we have new drugs now that slow down uh, kidney disease. You know, so if they see something in the beginning that you that you having problems, you know, let's let's, let's get let's, let's let's knock that out first. Let's nip it in the bud before it gets out of hand. That's exactly right. Yeah, and I always tell people, you know, they always say, "Well, you know so much about this." I'm like, you know, if you don't learn up in the, on the front end of it, you'll become an expert, but you'll be on the back end of it. Is when your expertise yeah. is well, kicking in. Well, that's what happens with every. With, right now, that is what's happening with kidney disease. We, we've got a very reactionary system, meaning that at the end is where everybody. Mm-hmm starts kicking in and and uh becoming empowered well let's empower people right. from the beginning that, with, with with early detection and the knowledge that they need so when we went in to have our our kidney week takeover uh that's exactly <laughs> what we went there yeah. with I, we came to win win back people's health Yes, you yes, know, and yes, I always yes. roll like that because, <laughs> <laughs> you know, you have to roll that way. When you've seen uh, 16 people die, their, their lives were not in vain. Mm-hmm. I watched them mm-hmm. live well and do the right things. Invest in their families, invest in their kids, send their children to college, do, you know, buy a home. Invest in this nation, in these neighborhoods, in their in their precincts, in their cities, and yet, at the end, in they had next to nothing because they were their health was gone, mm-hmm. and they were on dialysis, and it, the the mental yeah. toll, the emotional toll that it took on uh, so many. Every everybody reacts differently. But you gotta be uh, strong. You gotta be strong. I tell you, you can't be weak. Yeah, it's a very, it's a very difficult uh, disease. So yeah, I go to win. You're not gonna stop me. We're gonna talk. We're gonna get to the bottom of this. 
times, especially yeah. especially when I'm dealing with with the this Gainchy system and and uh, all this weighted advocacy only on certain sides and all this other stuff. No, I don't have time for that. We're trying to win people's health back, so there's no time to be sugarcoating and tap dancing and cooning for somebody. <laughs> this is funny to me because right before these, right before we, we record, Reggie, she's always telling me, "Hey, don't go in." Sometimes you get a little passionate. I'm like, "Really? Yeah. I'm a little passionate." <laughs> I mean, they got to be, man. They have to be. And if doctors was that passionate, hey, we hey, we we could knock it down another forty percent. You know what I mean? <laughs> oh yeah. If, if they was that passionate about it, and and I, and the fortunate thing about me, man, my second doctor is that passionate. He was that passionate about it. I mean, you know, he he he's a uh, he's a uh, what you call that? Uh, squash, squash. He's a squash. Oh, he champion. played squash with the <laughs> back in the day. Yeah, yeah. He was a squash champion back in the day, man. He got all the trophies and stuff, and you know that his nurses said, you know, hey, you know, he's. A, I said, oh wow! So he's pretty cool, dude, man. Maserati, that's my doctor name, and he's um a champion he's on squash top of player. <laughs> yeah, he top. He's on top of it, man. He's on top of it. Right. And you've been listening to on the record with Kevin and Tiffany on nine thirty AM. The answer, home of conservative talk radio. Across America, our local communities face challenges overlooked by global headlines. It's time to bring the focus back home. Join us in a movement dedicated to tackling what matters most to us, right here, right in our neighborhoods. We're standing up for American health, starting with the fight against rare and chronic kidney disease, because when we take care of our own, we build a stronger nation. Stand with us for an America that cares for its own. All right, and we're back with On the Record with Kevin and Tiffany on 9.30 a.m., the answer home of Conservative Talk Radio with our special guest, Reggie Ballard, a.k.a. Yeah. Broadman from the Fifth Flow. All right, yeah. Tiffany, the protected classes. Last week we had a big meeting, uh, well, you were involved in a big meeting uh, with uh, talking with Medicare Part D, talking about the six protected classes. It's the partnership for Part D access. Partnership, all right. Mm-hmm. So partnership. tell us what it is briefly and what they and what are the, the classes. So partnership for Part D access really is is um, like a a conglomeration of of advocates uh, and organizations that are watching uh, the six protected classes, that are a part of the six protected classes and that are watching to make sure that that patients are taken care of with Medicare Part D. Those six six protected classes include immunosuppressants. And immunosuppressants are what uh, kidney transplant patients use to keep their transplants. Like, they can't survive without immunosuppressants. Why is it important that you watch? It's important that we watch. Now, there's there's two reasons why this is super important to Texas Kidney Foundation. We were one of of a small group of organizations, about 13 of us, that um, when I came into to Texas Kidney Foundation and stepped into my calling six years ago, there the um, uh, immunosuppressants were not covered for the life of the transplant. They weren't covered. They were covered for five years. Um, yeah. We were like, this is ridiculous. It's preposterous that that's, that's the way it is. And it had been that way, you know, obviously for decades prior. Um, so we uh, went after it and we passed it in the 116th legislative session in 2020. So we got this passed in December of 2020. So now immunosuppressants for every transplant patient across the United States is covered. And that's, that includes uh, heart transplants, kidney transplants. So we, we got together and made sure that that happened. So that's one of the reasons why we watch closely to make mm-hmm. sure that immunosuppress- that there are not changes made uh, within Medicare and Medicaid that would affect those immunosuppressants. Because even once legislation is passed, and something is is uh, fortified or codified. Um, there's still things that that can be done without ever passing legislation within Medicaid and Medicare that could limit 
patience. So, so we're basically, always watching for CMS patient could just actions. change the rules in the middle yeah. in, in, in the middle of the game, right? They can say yeah. we're not going to cover these particular medications and have a ripple effect on thousands upon thousands of Americans and their lives by not covering a certain medication or they do something that causes the copay for on insurance to drive up immunosuppressants. So the the price of the of uh, of those six protected classes could go up drastically and have mm-hmm. a huge impact mm-hmm. on people's lives. And so that that is is why uh we keep an eye on what's going on with the six protected classes. Well, uh, we had we we wrapped up our week of of uh, of kidney takeover Texas Kidney Foundation kidney takeover. <laughs> That's what I call. Is it. that what we're going to call? Because <laughs> social media That's guys right. getting the picture. Kidney ready. takeover. That's why you have that um, silly. Thing. Okay. <laughs> so we wrapped it up on Thursday with uh, a policy briefing um, for uh, key stakeholders in the House and the Senate in the U.S. House and Senate. And it went very well. And so what we discussed was not only uh, the six protected classes, specifically immunosuppressants and how they affect kidney patients, because they don't just use immunosuppressants only for transplant patients, but it's actually, they're actually used different ones for uh, patients who are in stages two and three and, and, and four as well as five. It's not, you know, it depends on, on your doctor and your regimen. That's where precision medicine comes in. Um, but we talked about that. We discussed AMKD, which is what I have. Um, my family has a rare kidney disease called APOL1 mediated kidney disease, or otherwise known as AMKD. And so what that is, is a form of kidney disease that is genetic, it's genetically linked, uh, and it's when one has two mutated genetic alleles that uh, are the are APOL1. And when you have two, then it, it boosts up your, um, your potential for going into renal failure uh, exponentially. Okay, so I just almost fell asleep on that explanation. I don't know about you, Reggie, but... Uh, <laughs> Shut up. So why is that important? Because oftentimes, like when you follow athletes, we'll have like, there'll be a star athlete out there and, you know, 25, 26, and they'll have, their kidneys just go out. Is that associated it's with... Alonzo Mourning. It, it could be. Morning. And, um, and I think Sean Elliott and Alonzo Mourning mm-hmm. had kidney transplants. You know? Yeah. Yeah. Um, and see... Yeah. With with APOL one, we can find out, you know, as we can find out at any point, much early on, you know, you can find out when when you have kids. You can find out before you have kids. Like uh, we're encouraging all of our family members to get tested, you know, before they have children, so they know what's going on to get, to get tested while they're young, so they can can, uh, right. you know, make lifestyle changes. Right. Like there's so much. That one can do, and then that's not the only. We, you we want to know? You just want to know. And we talk about that drug because we know it directly has an impact on us. But there's IgA nephropathy. We have several friends. You mean that disease? That that mm-hmm. uh, that particular disease, right? Right. Uh, that has an impact on them and the ways that it shows up. Well, there's medicate. Well, there's there's medications there, but they're also working on additional medications. But just knowing yeah. these particular things and being involved with the six protected classes, yeah, uh, it helps with that. But making and then, sure and that then, yeah, like like stuff I'm on, you know, like is is suppress. I mean, um, make sure that that you don't have no rejections. Yes. So, um, um, you know, it seemed like when you're taking these medications, you know, you seem like it, it makes you feel like you don't need them. It's like I don't need that, man. I, I'm doing good, you know. I don't, why 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 should keep should keep taking this? And then I guess if you stop. Then you might start seeing the progression. You know, yeah. We don't want you to stop. That's right. You know, but but yeah, you know, but but it, it's so tempting to like, man, I'm fine. You know, if I just eat right and and I probably won't even need this anymore. You know, because they work so then, well. You you yeah, they work yeah, so yeah. well. We have yeah. gotten so yeah. good at this. Yeah. You know, they and, work. The immune supposed work to be like well. like lowering your, your your immune system. Like for me, I I don't I don't I don't get colds and flu like I used to for some reason. And um, if it's lowering my immune system, I don't know why I don't, because I used to get, I used to get the flu almost, it never fails, almost every September, I used to get the flu. Now, the last three years since I had the kidney, uh, you know, and, and, and the medications, I haven't had the flu. So I, I don't I don't know if it's going in reverse with me, I, but I did have a COVID shot since I had the COVID shot about three years ago. 
I mean, I never, I don't have the flu no more. I don't really have colds anymore. But uh, they always telling me, you know, you're on the uh, immune suppressors, so wear your mask. And I mean, I don't wear masks all the time, but um, I don't, you know, and I, I shouldn't say that now. Watch next time y'all see me, I'm gonna be around here, man. Dragon. Whatever the original. <laughs> <laughs> but you know, but this is one of the things that since getting involved with the foundation that I that that uh that 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 occurs to me, right, is that you have we have to be involved in policy and aware of what's going on policy wise, right? So now we track we track we track a lot of things related to uh to kidneys and to the policy related. And so for me, this is probably the last two years really seeing the direct impact that a policy has on people or that when you make a policy and it affects people's medications, the panic, the sheer panic that patients experience, like, oh, my God, this is going to be the impact. And then to have people to downplay to go, oh, it's not going to be that 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 bad. Oh, yeah, it is going to be that bad. Because just like you said, while you're taking the medicine, you feel great. You're like, oh, I'm OK. Right? right. But then right. when you when you're not able to access the medicine medication or right. some change in a policy makes the price go up. And that's right? why yeah. it's not just that yeah. we track policy, but we actually weigh in and comment on policy. We follow it when, when they make a change, like we, we saw a diagnostic change. Yeah, that was we a saw uh, Mall DX make a diagnostic change. Uh, and mm. that one change to policy meant that, that um, non-invasive tests that we, you know, we have this entire swath of, of uh, transplant patients who receive non-invasive testing. Yep. Uh, depending on the cadence is based on them and their doctor, like how often they take yep. it, it's based on them and their doctor, but most of them, at least quarterly. Um, and, it's, and it's just another vial of blood on a blood draw they're already taking. Well, Maldi mm. X decided, and eh, we you don't need all of those tests. Now we tell everybody to be innovative, come up with these tests, come up with ways that we can we can uh we can give better care and, and save money. These diagnostic tests are exactly that. They're instead yeah. of having to do the biopsy, which is uh it's very invasive. Um and then here come here comes somebody, you know, in a cubicle somewhere. I'm just saying that, I don't know. No, but, no, you <laughs> that laugh, has decided but, that but, has decided. You know yeah. what? We can save some money here, or we can we can do X here, and we're we're going to make this decision. No, but you say that jokingly, but that is just like you said. It's made on I can save X if we continue. Yeah. What's the cost savings, or what's the cost differential? Right, mm-hmm. and not looking at what that cost saving, cost differential, as they call it the impact that that has on the lives of real, real people, people. Right. real Americans, right. every yeah. shade, yeah. color, yeah. and creed so is having an impact on their they lives. They made that decision and yeah. literally it, it affected people immediately. And that, and not one legislative, uh, uh, card had to be pulled to do that. Now, what we're having to do on our end is go back and talk to legislators and we may have to write legislation to, to rectify it. But they don't. So they can make a decision quickly mm-hmm. without any um, impunity. And the, in that case, what they did was made the decision and didn't give, like normally you have to um, do a public announcement so that advocates, you know, real 9944s can come at them. <laughs> about it or whoever you know or whoever the industry side of that is they can team up with us <laughs> and come and go at it you know because the industry side always comes and teams up with you whatever yeah. part of industry that's I, going against that but they'll it, come and team but, up with but you. here's the deal though right i always say we never have because i, I uh, have a young friend of my a young relative friend of ours right uh we're not going to say anything loud who's idealistic right who always says they want the perfect solution they want all sides to be no, morally right like, and everything what's he talking the, about double call names <laughs> out. but it's, it's never that way i always tell timmy we have the choice between i and damn they suck right so we gotta yeah. that's the continuum it's never well a, a i always person. i always like to think of it as we have you know i i you want to say fancy? Lot, I read a lot of different people, but I always like to think of it as, you know, sometimes you, sometimes you have the the choice between okay or kind of bad and really bad, mm-hmm. really bad. Like uh, this is gonna turn out to be total trash. Yeah. Um, yeah. 
but you don't have the good and evil that we all were raised with. Oh, it's either a great choice or this terrible yes, thing uh, here. So, you know, you can easily see yeah. that it's good yeah. or evil. No, yeah. there's often there's a whole lot of gray that you're mm-hmm. trying to deal with and you have to navigate that. So what and that is one of the reasons why I'm I'm passionate. I know exactly what it is I, I came to get, which is ever which is our health back and transparency in this uh, foggy little system that, that we have right now. Uh, and yeah, I do steamroll. I do exactly that. You need to look at the camera. Don't be looking at me. You know, that, that I, do look. Steam, I do steamroll. <laughs> Don't be steamrolling me. <laughs> I do steamroll. That's steam exactly what I do. Drive by. But it, but it is often it, it. That's what it is. You've you've either got a, you've got, eh, and then. Uh. <laughs> you know that you choose. But for us, that's often between the mm-hmm. partners that we choose, right? A lot of our partners, like when, when I met Reg, I was like, "Oh my God, this guy's real!" Yes, right? and he has, and you know, and mm-hmm. he appeals to people, and people really like him and identify with. Well, his I'm story. not talking and about he's a good partners. person, but well, well I'm uh, saying because par- I'm with partners, we're we're very adamant about only choosing the best partners. Well, well hold on, you cut me yeah. off, so let, let hold mm-hmm. on real quick. So you gave me that mean look, and like, ah. <laughs> but from my what view, right? From my view, on the partners that. <laughs> we choose when you find people like Reg, when we find people like Jay uh, Jay Rome. Did I say his name Jazz right? Jazz Rome. Jazz Rome. <laughs> is that his stage name? Hey, or Jazz Rome. Is that his stage name or real name? I don't know. Oh no, okay. I don't but, know. but when you find people like that who are really authentic and who really uh care about people and want to help other people and prevent them from going through what they were doing, I'm like, oh my God, I can't believe, you know, that, that we met that we met people like that. That's awesome to me. But then oftentimes when we're working with different groups and stuff, sometimes it feels like we feel like, okay, here's the angle that they have on this, which happens to align with where we want to go. Yeah. Right. So you're that's, constantly having to monitor that because that's, that's the problem that because that's often the problem that organizations get co-opted by uh, by the industry as you call it right and we always it are, is an industry. we always are we always are very very motivated to keep that from uh, from being co-opted right because we still want to have an authentically patient-centered voice right because we got a series of calls like last week uh, uh, from a few people from Louisiana right and mm-hmm. uh, wonderful people right asking about what options and where to find data and information and we're helping them find the information and we're speaking to them in clear patient oriented uh, in a clear patient oriented way and then at the end of the call the lady says you know you're the first person who's 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 explained it to me that clearly and pointed mm. me in the right directions that clearly right and for me right that's important as well uh is with patients and it oftentimes with policymakers policymakers don't have it clear either i'm like you know if you make this decision it's going to impact this many people it's going to have this huge impact right no matter what the dollars and cents are right but on just the quality of their lives Right. Yeah. And so I get kind of preachery. Right. Because I have this interaction when you can pass this bill that is going to benefit non-Americans and money isn't even question. It's not even a question about it. Right. But then we have Americans here and you can't make simple policies that are going to benefit. And oftentimes it's because they don't see that they don't have clarity about what the impact is going to be. Right. And yeah. so that that's the one of one of the one of the way one of the things I think we bring is clarity because we're seeing it from ground level with the patients. Yeah. Right. Mm-hmm. And that's the thing there. And I think often the thing that you kind of undersell sometimes, Tiffany, about what we do and about what you do. Right. Because uh, is that we bring clarity and it's a patient centered from a patient perspective. Right. Because what I see oftentimes is that everything is from a doctor's perspective. Yeah. How can we motivate, incentivize and pay the doctor? How can we motivate and incentivize an industry to come up with medications and not. And it's always about the treatment, never the prevention. And there's got to be a balance between that. And I think for me yeah. personally, the only way to bring about that balance is one, keep an eye on the policy makers and the policies that they make and two to educate people and 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 uh, in our, our neighborhoods and everything and in our immediate circle educate them about the options and uh, and what's available right because if you really just from the average person on the street they don't know that there's a medication that could possibly slow down the production i mean slow down the progression yeah, no. of kidney disease they're like hey my mama had it my grandmother had it i'm gonna get it yeah 
So yeah. that, that's the thing. And I think yeah. that's why it's important that you that we continue to do things, that other people continue to do things from a patient-centered view, right? Everybody else has enough representation. Oftentimes, mm-hmm. patients don't have, not oftentimes. Industry, industry has industry enough representation. And we don't have enough representation. Yeah, we don't right. have yeah. enough non-industry-influenced yeah, how do you with that? Right, because uh, when people are, you know, when when my paycheck is being paid by dialysis, I'm not going to say too much against dialysis. Yeah, yeah I'm not yeah. going to criticize or or bring up question marks about that. When my paycheck is being paid by diagnostics, I'm not going to question or bring up question marks about that. When my paycheck is being paid by by uh, the university that's coming up with the latest, greatest, whatever study or by clinical trials, then I'm not going to say anything about clinical trials against clinical trials. That's just like the the medications. It's like my daughter, I mean, my wife said the other day, um, she's talking to this nurse at one of her doctor's offices, and and she said that, you know, when when these pharmaceuticals come in there and um, they push in their medications for the doctors and the doctors don't, uh, sell so many of these, they push these different medications on you, then you start getting blacklisted by these companies. Like, well, we're not gonna, you know, deal mm-hmm. with this doctor no more. And so they give you these medicines that sometimes you might not even need, you know. But the ones that you might need, they might not push that on you. They might push the ones on you that these companies giving them money, kickbacks and stuff. So yeah, yeah. And that and that's the that's thing. Like, like you have to have people like us who are not yeah. being paid by anything or anyone right. to, yeah. uh, you know, we're not in Blas, uh, a, a contract with them to be in all their commercials. If you so keep we talking like this. this, don't worry about it. We ain't going to No, well, I'll, no, I'm not saying, I'm not saying that I'm people, I'm not saying that people cannot sponsor something that you're doing. <laughs> I'm talking about contracts that folks have. Yeah. With these different that, 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 places, that make you have to make a decision. They make you have to make yeah. a more decision type. Yeah, thing. and <laughs> in, you know you've got to have advocates who will say, yeah. uh, "There's there are options. Here are your transplant options. You're not, uh, you know, you're not going to tell me not to tell people about paired donation." Well, see, yeah. this, this is the, this. I got a big argument today. Me, I've been hanging out with you too much because I've been arguing with people left and right. Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> Tiffany Sunshine. No, is that <laughs> oftentimes? Okay, we have a big project <laughs> that's going on in, in, in here in Texas where we're doing a challenge for uh, living donations for kidneys, right? Which a lot of organizations we have a statewide challenge. Yeah, but that's a, right. a statewide challenge. But a lot of organizations make these type of challenges, right? They don't follow through. But we but we're coming through with some different follow through that's going to be coming out probably middle of second quarter to really help and equip people, right? And so I'm talking with someone Ernest, trying to understand the process, right? And I hear the common language. I hear this language over and over and I see it in the literature. Modality. It's just another modality of treatment. And I'm like, okay, where did you get this consultant phrase from? Because that's what it sounds consultant like. Phrase, right? And, uh, <laughs> and so they talk, they say, hey, this lady, this person was telling me, they said, hey, uh, dialysis is just as valid and good of a treatment as transplantation, right? I was like, you don't know too many people who went from dialysis to transplantation. They will tell you something different, right? So I'm listening, and it is, they're giving you the pros and the cons of of transplantation versus the pros and the cons of dialysis, right? And I'm like, hey, that's wonderful, but let me give you this pro and con, right? The con is, right, uh, 60% of the people in the first five years, right, and it ranges from each year to year, 50 to 60% of the people within the first five years of dialysis die. Mm. I mean, if I'm making a, I mean, that right there, I'm going to go with transplantation with a living donor. And then, and so we're talking about that, right? And they're giving the pros and the cons of that. And just saying, it's just another modality of treatment. And that's the okie doke on the downplay. They say, hey, it's just as valid a form of treatment. And that's what, and you'll see that all in the literature. And it wasn't there before, it's in the last 14, 15 years. Before, dialysis was, was simply seen as a transition. So like, here's a bookmark. We're going to put you here till we go find you a, a kidney, right? And now with living donors, the National Kidney Registry, that process can be spe- sped up. But oftentimes, patients uh, are kept in ignorance by not being told what the valid options are. Sometimes what happens is you go to a particular transplant center, they can't give, 
within their system, they're not going to be able to help you or the likelihood of you being helped is extremely low. And they oftentimes know that there's another transplant center somewhere else in the state of Texas or in the, right know, across the, the or, or in another state yep. that can help you. And they will not tell you about that information. Right up the front And they line. won't try to push you over that to that information. Mm-hmm. And for right. me, that is the importance of why we need advocates and we need people who present yep. it from a patient perspective and a neighbor's perspective of, if you were my mother, if you were my brother, would I do that to you? No, you wouldn't do that to you. I wouldn't do it. I'd say, hey, we're going to move you over here. We, that's why we get calls now, because people do know that we, uh, you know, after seven years of this, and then people have seen me raise heaven on people in a whole a lot of different situations. Uh, I always say this: I'm I'm raising heaven. I'm not raising hell. All the hell you have that you try to throw at kidney patients. Know that I'm gonna put it down when I raise my heaven on you. Well, anyway, they've seen us do that, so they call us from all from different states, the surrounding states, and that's what we hear over and over again. Mm-hmm. We hear people who who have high antibodies. That's a, a problem that's that uh, exists in kidney transplant patients. Well, there are certain programs that deal with high antibodies. But instead of telling somebody, hey, you have high antibodies, we don't. Our program does not deal with that. Our transplant program doesn't. But this transplant program over here, they do. And these four over here, we have five in Texas that deal with high antibodies. Go go see one of those five. Um. Instead of doing that, they simply tell them you have high antibodies, so you have like a 2% chance of getting, or whatever percentage they're they're throwing out at them, of getting uh, a transplant. Yeah, but they're only telling you but, what, at their local state. But what, what needs to be prefaced on the end of that statement, in our program, because we don't deal with high antibodies, go over here and, and so- see what they have to say. You know, you don't have to give them any, 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 you know, unknown directives. Just go over here and see what they have to say. But again, we, you run into all the smoke screen when there could just be transparency. How about mm-hmm. a little transparency, people? Mm-hmm. Transparency in plain English. <laughs> transparency and clarity. The simple thing is getting the word out. Getting the word out. That's a great spot to end. You've been listening to On the Record with Kevin and Tiffany on 9.30 a.m., home of Conservative Talk Radio. Rare and chronic kidney disease affects millions, yet many never receive the treatments that could save or improve their lives. This isn't just a medical failure. It's a failure of our system to provide what's necessary for our people. We're calling for a health care change where preventative care and effective treatments are not just developed, but are made widely available. Join us in this fight for accessible health solutions. Your voice can be the catalyst for the change we desperately need. Three-star general Michael J. Flynn, head of the Pentagon Intelligence Agency, knew all the government's dirty secrets. He was one of the most respected generals in the military. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He understood its funding. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. The explosive new documentary, Flynn, deliver the truth, whatever the cost, and covers the facts behind this scandal. Flynn told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. I find out the worst enemy that I'm going to face in my life is right here in America. They took my assessment and they wanted me to change it. I was like, I'm not changing it. They had to get rid of Flynn. With in-depth interviews, archival footage, and never-before-seen personal record to the man behind the headlines. I just felt like I was drowning. Flynn. Deliver the truth, whatever the cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to salemnow.com. salemnow.com.